0: Hello and welcome to The
1: Sunday Supper. I am your host, James Bene. I'm the owner and founder of Bene Mudra Wellness right here in Los Angeles, but also in New York and the New Jersey area. The Sunday Supper is a learning-based podcast where each week we teach a new spiritual or esoteric topic or lesson and we pair that along with a relevant guided meditation. This week I am super excited to be talking about the art of divination. And what it is how it works and how to use it in order to receive messages uh, from the divine safely and in the comfort of your own home so you're gonna learn how to do this properly okay divination has long been a taboo topic and to this day the majority of people denounce denounce excuse me its capability its accuracy and some even claim that it might be the devil's handiwork So, what is it? What is divination? So, in essence, divination is the attempt to gain insight into a question or situation by way of an occultic uh, or standardized process or ritual. Okay, So, it has been used in various forms throughout history. Diviners, as they're called, ascertain their interpretations of how a person should proceed by reading signs, events, or omens or through alleged contact with uh, a supernatural agency. Very common divination tools are tarot cards, oracle cards, crystals, pendulums. Just a note though, divination is more of a social ritualistic uh, prophetic act, while fortune telling is a more everyday practice for personal purposes particular divination methods vary depending upon culture and religion throughout our history i will discuss forms and uses of divination in a bit but first i want to touch upon the history a bit it's really important to know the history of whatever you're studying um, divination dates back to most ancient civilizations both the oracles and seers in ancient greece practiced divination Oracles were the conduit for the gods on earth, so their prophecies were understood to be the will of gods, you know, verbatim. Uh, Because of the high demand for oracle consultations back then and the oracles' limited work schedule and honestly, their diva attitudes, um, they were not the main source of divination for the ancient Greeks. That role fell to the seers. Seers were not in direct contact with the gods, but instead they were interpreters of signs provided by the gods. Seers used many methods to explicate the will of the gods, including bird signs, stones, charts, animal sacrifice, and other religious rituals. The seers had such power over influential individuals in ancient Greece and were seen to be godlike amongst the people. In ancient Rome, Using divination was a large part of the pagan religion. Omens, oracles, and prophecy was commonly used and sought after, especially to appease the gods or help during any battles that might've been going on. So if we look at the Bible at the time before Jesus, there are many passages that honestly denounce the use of divination, yet, I have to say, There are many instances where divination is used in the Bible. Jesus himself actually was a diviner, and the apostles used clemency, or the act of casting lots or stones onto the ground, to find a replacement for Judas Iscariot. The act of praying to God, even, could be said to be a form of divination in itself because, you know, you're connecting to some kind of supernatural power in order to achieve... Uh, an answer or to uh, realize guidance. Because we see the use of divination during the early church, it is believed that it was common and accepted. This changed, however, when Rome fell under a Christian rule and it passed canons to eliminate pagan practices. Uh, the, The pagans were forced underground and as Christianity grew rapidly, uh, divination became more taboo. During the Middle Ages, moving forward, divination was rampant. Fortune-tellers lived uh, lived and lined the streets, had shops, they were in marketplaces. This is probably why all tales of magic and dragons take place in what looks like the Middle Ages or the medieval times. Uh, look at Game of Thrones, for instance, right? Uh, moving forward in you know about 1572 to 1661 a constitutional law was passed forbidding the use of divination in all forms and those who have seen predicting the future were put to death okay so we can see this example in our own country uh, with within the Salem witch trials okay in the late 1600s by then divination was said to be the work of the devil right, uh, someone sending a specter to harm somebody else. Before the settlers arrived in the late 1400s, however, divination was a central component of ancient Mesoamerican religious life. Many Aztec gods, including uh, central creator gods, were described as diviners and were closely associated with sorcery. For eons, religion and divination were one in the same until Christian ideology forbade it As the, as the only way to the light, they believed, was through the Lord, and any other path was deemed demonic. Honestly, to me, it was a way to control society. If divination was used, people wouldn't be putting all their money and tithes into the church. They would be going elsewhere, so, you know, that happened. Uh so let's fast forward to the late 1700s and well into the 19th century and the Victorian era divination made its way back into the mainstream The Victorian interest in the macabre and the obscure gave rise to crystal gazing palmistry and other forms of fortune telling which were quite popular during the 19th century let me tell you divination games were heavily featured at Christmas and Halloween parties in the rural countryside While professional practitioners of the occult laid the cards for, you know, lords and ladies uh, in some of the finest drawing rooms in London, in general, such games were viewed as nothing more than thrilling entertainment, something to pass the time. However, there were plenty of individuals from the highly intelligent, so the lords and ladies of the time, to the ridiculously gullible who truly believed in the supernatural. Their desire to learn the future or to contact the dead even gave rise to a seemingly endless parade of fraudulence fraudsters charlatans and outright villains palmistry crystal gazing tarot ouija were common methods of fortune telling in the 19th century and one did not have to be a gifted occultist to indulge in these practices charts and diagrams of hands with the meanings of various lines for palmistry were readily available uh message boards and tarot decks were readily available to all for middle and upper classes crystal gazing uh, cartometry palmistry and the like were diverting drawing room entertainment Right? For the fraudsters and charlatans and all too frequently for the poor, the same practices could end with the perpetrator being prosecuted for fortune-telling under the new Vagrancy Act. While charismatic fortune-tellers uh, might manage to enthrall nobility, thereby skirting the law, less sophisticated individuals at, were at constant risk of being sentenced to prison, uh, hard labor, or banishment even. So, in the 1920s to 30s, fortune telling made its way back into the New York and London scene big time. Many gypsy tea rooms were open all over town. And these tea rooms were shops where those who sought uh, the future would go, kind of much like the shops we see today on, on a boardwalk, Atlantic City, or New York. Um, although charging for prophetic services was illegal back then, the tea rooms thrived. Some seers were even used to help the police solve cases, um, if you believe it. Uh, you could spot a tea room uh, because of the teacup in the window. So it usually featured a teacup and a little piece of cake, and that indicated that there were fortune tellers there. Within these shops, seers used tea patterns left on teacups to see into the future crystal ball gazing, tarot, and palmistry. After the war, uh, the tea rooms began to, to close probably number one, because of the endless raids that were going on there, and two, because of the depression. By this time, daily horoscopes, numerology, and astrology flooded newspapers and TV stations and was wildly accepted, really. Um, Even in the Victorian times, this was. Uh, The New Age movement of the 60s to the 80s confirmed a newfound interest in the occult and the supernatural. People then began to accept the unknown as a source of information and the belief in energy, modern spirituality, and alternative healing modalities uh, made its way for divination to come back into the mainstream. So today, tarot, oracle reading, Reiki, psychics, and all the like are all really sought after services by many, although there are many who still denounce this, especially the church. I wanna point out, actually in this moment, the difference between psychics and using divination. So during divination, remember, we use tarot, crystal, angel cards, et cetera, to connect to the answers. The belief is that the divine is answering through the objects we are using, okay? Psychics, although most of them also use divination, use their own extrasensory perception to download the information directly. The need for external uh, accoutrements is really not necessary, but as I said, commonly used. So now, let's discuss the the different forms of divination used today, starting with the most popular, and that is astrology. This is a daunting type of divination, especially if you are a beginner. It's also one that relies less on psychic abilities. This practice of astrology relies heavily on the planets and the stars. It is believed that these systems influence what happens in the human world and the course of one's destiny can be decided uh, through reading these charts. You may be more familiar with the zodiac signs or even read about your horoscope online or in newspapers, you know, on, or whatever. If you're serious about learning astrology, uh, you know, here are some topics that I, I think you should follow. Uh, learn the meanings of the planets, learn about the zodiac signs and the houses, Uh, dive into some more advanced topics like squares and the aspects. There are several books and online resources that can help you master this type of divination. It's great knowledge to know, and as you continue to perfect your intuition, you know, your own astrology will become more stronger too. Another is Blomancy. So, biblomancy is the method intended to predict the future and does require some practice. A book is the main element of this divination. While many people use a Bible, right, or in Kabbalah the Zohar, any book will do, even journals and diaries or any spiritual, you know, high conscious books that you like. So, after selecting a book, the diviner will close their eyes open the book and point to a phrase or paragraph, all while, keep, all while keeping their eyes closed. Upon opening their eyes and reading the selected area, they can interpret it as a special, significant message from the divine. Uh, Bibliomancy b- b- takes some practice, but when this method is mastered, diviners will be able to predict the future. It is intended to be practiced by an individual with special abilities. It's a way to reach out you know, into the spirit world and receive answers or make predictions. So you can use it for predictions or you could just use it for fun. Cartomancy is another, and this is using a deck of playing cards, and it requires a deck of playing cards. Those participating in this type of divination are known as card readers or tachamkattomancers. I can't say that word. A deck of playing cards consists of 52 cards each number suit and face has a meaning that you'll need to learn so this is also an advanced form of divination so a form of contumency includes tarot cards the card reader will use the information provided by the cards drawn to apply it to the situation of the person they are reading whether themselves or someone else during these readings the reader will answer questions posed by the person. And, you know, moreover, they will provide insight into the past, into the present, and into the future of that person and what to avoid in all situations. Another common form is dowsing, which is using a pendulum. So, this is used to receive answers to yes and no questions primarily. And we're going to talk about this later as well. The psychic or medium will use dowsing. A rod right to get answers there are two types of dowsing that are popular today and also in the past the type used with rods that are used to locate areas where there may be water or some type of energy that's needed the belief here is that when the individual walks over water the rod or the instrument will make a spontaneous movement This method is also sometimes used to find missing objects and the like. The second type of dowsing and divination is when the diviner uses a pendulum to get answers to simple yes or no questions and even maybe questions. More commonly, diviners will use this type of divination to locate missing objects, bodies of water, or determine the energy of a room even. You can even use dowsing to clear a room and clear spaces, and I'm gonna to talk to you about that later as well. The diviner needs to be very familiar with, uh, with hexagram meanings, and needs to be able to read the message accurately, okay? So while it's a simple practice, there are a lot of ways uh, the coin the coins may fall. So pendulum work, absolutely requires some practice so the next type of divination is the divination using stones or crystals or even rocks each piece has a meaning so before you can use this divination to your advantage you need to familiarize yourself with crystals and stone meanings so the rune stones are an example of this as well this knowledge will come in handy in the long run but again this takes study Uh, For example, rose quartz uh, may mean that you will find love soon, right? Because rose quartz is the the stone representing the heart. You will then use this information to interpret the message being given to you. If you want to give this method a try, I'm going to give you some tips on how you can get started. So place 10 crystals in a bag, right? You're going to shake them, shake that bag up. You're going to ask a question and you're going to pull one out. The crystal that you pick is your answer. So sometimes the answer is not straightforward, which is where the diviners or your special abilities and own intuitive influences will come in. They must use their own intuition to understand the answer. So it does take some practice and skill there. The next common one is numerology, which I love. This divination practice revolves around numbers and their spiritual significance. Every single number, from one to nine has a special meaning. You can use this practice to determine really any of the following, much like astrology. You can figure out your course in life, what your lucky numbers are, major life challenge, what might be coming your way. Uh, Numerology does not require any psychic abilities, making it different from much of the other methods that we've covered. So to learn about your client's life or honestly your own life, you will need to make a few calculations involving your name and your birth and, and date numbers, etc. There are many variations to consider with numerology. So, for full details, I really encourage you to do a little more research on this divination method. It is a great option for anyone who wants some guidance in their life. And I use numerology all the time, but it is a course of study. Another common method of divination is scrying. So back in the day, diviners would use crystal balls in search of answers, right? We always see the psychic with a crystal ball. This is a form of of scrying. The ancient practice requires psychics to investigate water, mirrors, or crystal balls that would allow them to enter a state of mind where they're able to see spiritual visions, so kind of going into a trance. Uh, This is a special divination method, and there is more than one way to practice this. So a couple ways are, a couple ways you can do this. uh, Through a crystal ball, you'll most likely associate this with an elderly woman, as I said, looking into the crystal ball, looking into your future. In reality, crystal balls have been used for thousands of years by all walks of life. Uh, Psychics and mediums use them all the time to see visions. Uh, that foretell the future, or to commune with the spirit world even. Fire scrying is popular. This method is exactly what it sounds like, basically staring into flames of a fire or a candle even. People with psychic or special abilities will receive visions this way. Water scrying is also a way to do it. Uh, The last type of scrying involves water. You may use a large body of water, like a lake, while some people use a bowl. I like to use a bowl, actually. Mediums will use water to interpret visions and scenes, and we can see that in movies, too, a lot of times, like the sage staring into water. Look at Harry Potter, for instance. So another form is of divination, which is very popular, is tarot. Tarot cards enable us to look into the past, the present, and sometimes the future of ourselves and anyone else that we'll be working on. Tarot cards are a form of cartometry. Many people believe that tarot cards are used to predict the future. However, this isn't always true. Honestly, these cards often are a guideline to help the reader interpret what their clients just cannot. Unlike a regular deck of cards, tarot cards uh, usually include 22 extras. These include death, the devil, and the lovers. You can acquire an illustrated deck or an unillustrated option. When it comes down to learning tarot, there are endless resources at your disposal. Begin by taking an online course, I would suggest, and learning more about this divination practice through that method. While it requires a lot of practice, and it sure does, and commitment, it is a useful type of divination to learn. You'll not only be able to seek answers for yourself, but help hundreds of people or friends obtain understandings and guidance about their life and about their current situation. The next is tassiography. So this divination method is tea, okay? So this is reading the tea around a cup, right? So the leaves that stay inside the cup reveal a message. The diviner's job is to interpret the pattern of the tea leaves. This art is known as tessography or Thessamancy, and it started being used around the 17th century, which we talked about before. Uh, Why tea leaves? Well, it sounds kind of odd, I know, but people link this beverage with herbology, which is part of the healing process. Some individuals use coffee as well when practicing this divination tool. This is really tricky. This is not something you're gonna jump into in the beginning, I will say that that much. You're gonna be called to this. Um, because every single one of these divination methods are powerful ways to tap into your life or someone else's. The reason people seek guidance from psychics or medium is to get answers and to receive comfort and actually healing. Uh, with the many different types of divination available to you, I know as an intuitive and a diviner myself, it can be very difficult to know which one to start with. And honestly, I would say begin with the one that appeals most to your interests. Use your own intuition to lead you to the right method. Any easy one is, sorry, another easy one is automatic writing. The process is simply connecting to your higher self and then uh, writing until messages begin to come through. Uh, I love automatic writing. It's so simple. Anyone can do it. Uh, remember, practice makes perfect. So whatever form of divination you take part in, know that it will take some time to get it right and to feel safe within it. All right. So it is in super, it's super important that you guys realize that when using divination, you are opening yourself up to the energies that live around you. It is possible to connect with unwanted energies. Trust me. I've done it. So before you decide to use any of these practices, I urge you to make sure your space is very clear. So you can use sage to clear your space. You may also want to sage yourself and the tools or cards that you are using. I like, pra- I like placing actually a small bowl of water next to me uh, to trap unwanted energy in if needed because they said that water will trap unwanted energy. So when you connect to the divine spirit or the like i always set a clear intention to do so so i suggest calling upon your angels and all beings of light to surround you as you do your intuitive work uh, the mission of your work right is to connect with the holy spirit that's it remember you are a channel And anything can make its way down into it if you are not careful. So if you're open, you're open. Divination is not a game, people. It just truly isn't. Ouija boards should never be used. And if you are very uncertain, you should consult an expert to do the readings for you. With, you know, um, that's why we're here. It's totally cool to dabble, but you must do this safely. I suggest angel cards are a nice safe method to start with. Most of them have the meanings uh, written directly on the card. So it's easy. You don't have to like interpret anything necessarily. You don't need a psychic. You don't need to be a psychic to use them. Connecting to your own intuition is usually enough. Uh, And remember, you know, we are all intuitive beings. We all have that psychic channel. Just some people have it stronger than the others. Okay? So let's look and discuss the pendulum. Tarot, and then look at some other forms of divination that I like to use, okay? So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the pendulum for dowsing. And if you are watching this video on my website at thenimutra.com, you're seeing the pendulum right here. If you are listening uh, to the audio, then you're not seeing my beautiful uh, green pendulum, but you can listen to me um, and just follow along. So a pendulum usually is a stone or a crystal attached to a string and at the top it usually has a little ball if you could see the way to accurately hold a pendulum is to take your thumb and your pointer finger and kind of place the ball in between both and then you're going to have the string uh, fall over the other side of your middle finger so it kind of looks like this And you want to hold the pendulum very steady and you want to be very loosey goosey in your arms okay so just like that so at this point we've had already cleared this pendulum let's say so I've cleared the space I've cleared myself I have set my intention to connect with the Holy Spirit and all higher forms of vibrational energy I like to call upon my spiritual bouncers which are the angels so I always say and ask Archangel Raphael, Michael, Uriel, Gabrielle, Metatron, and Sandalphon, Azriel, and Ariel to claim the space that I am in, to line the corners of the room, and to bounce out any negative energies that are harmful to myself or others. Okay, so I really go into that in my mind uh, and make it a very clear intention, because as I said, you're a channel. Once you open up, anyone can come on in, and you don't want anyone to come on in. I could tell you that. Um, don't want to scare you, but it is the month of October, so I will scare you. This is Harry, my little friend here, sitting next to me. I have a little crystallized skull um, who is out and decorating my pad for, for Halloween, which is uh, my favorite holiday. And so it's okay to get a little spooky, right? It's okay to do that. So um, negative energy does exist, and so it's easier to say it does than to denounce it. Okay. So back to the pendulum. Here it is right? The first thing we want to do with our pendulum is we want to find, and this is what I'll talk about today, is we want to find our yes and we want to find what our no is. That's pretty much the basic thing you need from your pendulum. You need to know how it's going to swing for you when you ask a question if it's yes, and you want to know how it's going to swing for you if you ask ask a question and the answer is no. So it's getting to know your yes and your no. So holding the pendulum, I usually hold my hand under it like this. Okay, so you have your pendulum swinging. Let me untangle this a little bit. And I usually place my hand underneath, okay? And if you're with me and you have a pendulum and you have time to go grab it, I would suggest go grab it right now. If not, don't worry, this is recorded. You can re-listen to this and practice when you have your pendulum. Uh, You can easily order one online or go to any local metaphysical shops. They absolutely will have them. So you keep your pendulum pretty still. I keep it over the palm of my hand. Again, I connect to the divine. I ask the divine to surround me, all high vibrational spiritual energies to enter. And now I open my eyes and I look at the pendulum and I simply ask, pendulum, please show me my yes. Please show me my yes. And as you see, the pendulum is starting to move, and I can promise you that I'm not doing it. So, my pendulum is making kind of like a circular motion. So, it's going in circles. And as you see, it's getting stronger and stronger. So, this seems like my yes. So, my yes is going to make a strong, uh, is going to do a strong circular motion. Whoa, see that energy? That's pretty nuts. When you're good and you've got your answer, I usually hold my pendulum in my left hand and I thank it. Thank you, spirit, for giving me that answer. Now, round two. Again, place our pendulum the correct way in our hands between our thumb and our pointer finger. Let it dangle very easily. Relax your arms and your shoulders. Uh, Any nerves or doubt will affect your answer. So pendulum and the Holy Spirit, I ask you now to show me my no. Please show me my no. And as you see, my pendulum is moving. And if you're watching, you're seeing it's actually going in a completely different direction. So my no is a simple back and forth motion. And I'm pretty satisfied with that. So, thank you Pendulum and the Holy Spirit for giving me my no. There you have it. So now I have my yes and I have my no. And I ask the Divine to lock in my yes and no. So I'm basically downloading that yes and no into the crystal, into the Pendulum. So that will be uh, the yes and no uh, system for eternity. Right? So I know now that my yes is always gonna be a circle and my no is going to be a straight line. And that is kind of downloading our pendulum. It's kind of think of it, you have to download the information into it and then it will stay. If you ever feel like you're using a pendulum and starting to go wonky and giving you weird stuff, that's a time for you to stop, put it down, clear the space, clear yourself, clear the pendulum, and refind your yes and no. So you're gonna do the process all over again um if you need more information about pendulum work uh, i suggest just look it up you can find many passages online about how to do this Uh, again this is just giving you a little taste of it but that's a pendulum and so now that i have my yes and no i can go ahead and ask any question i want so i'll ask one question just for funsies uh, and i'll ask a question that i know the answer to so here we are right so i ask that the pendulum is cleared of all energy and I ask it to reset itself. And a reset pendulum is a still pendulum. See, it's not moving. That means it's ready. So pendulum and the Holy Spirit. Am I currently in Los Angeles, California? There it goes, guys. It's starting to swing, starting to do its thing. And look, it's giving me my yes it's giving me my yes and the truth is I am here and I can only say that I swear that I'm not moving it. and notice how it's very calm it's not swinging in an insane way it's not doing what it did when I asked to find my yes and no because it's a simple question and, and honestly the divine and the pendulum already knows that I know the answer to it so it knows that I'm playing right it knows that I'm just practicing and that's a good thing to do. I want you to practice with it. Okay, so that is the pendulum. So that's what I'm going to show you today. Again, I can do a whole podcast on it. And actually, if you like the pendulum and you want to learn more about it and you'd like me to do a segment on it, you can always email me at james at benemudra, b-e-n-e-m-u-d-r-a dot com. You can find me on Instagram at james jamesbenemudra or at benemudra. And just let me know. I'm really, you know, I'm always looking for new things and new uh, lessons and topics to talk about. So hit me up. Love to hear from you guys. Okay. So the next thing we're going to look at uh, are angel cards. So as I said, angel cards are a pretty easy form of divination. And you don't need really much skill to do it at all. Uh, this deck that I have here today for you is actually uh, two different decks combined. So these are the two decks that I have, uh, and I have messages with fairies, which I don't know, I guess, uh, is apropos. And then I have magical mermaids and dolphins. The names are absolutely ridiculous. I I agree, but the cards are actually amazing. So the fairies and the mermaids and dolphins are my two favorite. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the mystical anyway. So we might as well talk about dolphins and fairies. Uh, so what I do is I, get, I got these two decks, okay? And what I did when I, when I got them is I combined them because each deck will have different, uh, different answers, right? Um, and so I like these two. And when you combine these two, you'll have uh, a double deck with just a lot more option, okay? And so how do you use the angel cards really quickly? you you get the card decks, you take them out of the wrapping, Again, if you're getting two, you combine them into one deck. So I always use this as a full deck. I don't take this apart. This is it. This is my divination tool in full. Okay, so if you wanna do that, you make sure that when you combine them, that's gonna be it. You're never gonna take them apart again. Um, I take them out of the package. The first thing I do is I get the card deck three punches. Now it sounds crazy. Now you're not beating them up. What you're doing is just you're knocking them. And knocking is, uh has been done for a long time it's a form of clearing you can even knock to clear spaces actually but it's just a quick way to clear the cards but i suggest new cards again you're going to want to sage them before you use them and you're going to want to place an intention within the cards and the intention is going to be to be for you to connect to the holy spirit or to the divine light in order to achieve your readings now since these are angel cards i would suggest doing just that, connect with your angels, because angelic guidance is always safe and beautiful, to be honest with you. So once you have done all that, uh, you're gonna shuffle. So you shuffle the cards up, however you like to shuffle them. You can shuffle them like a deck of cards, you don't have to be too cute, but you really wanna shuffle them, you wanna get your energy in there. And the way to read them, uh, there's a couple ways. You can either pull one card a day to see what you need to know that day, or you can pull a three card spread, which is pretty easy. Uh, The first card represents uh, the past, the middle card is where you are now, and the third card would be what to expect in the future or what to look out for. So that's a really easy spread to do. Um, And again, what's really nice about the angel cards is, I'm gonna show you, is each card, I think they're just beautiful to use. will have the message and meaning of the card written directly on it so you don't have to interpret really a thing so this card as you see is a career card and it's a career card and it says new career and then the message on the bottom says your work focus is shifting in a positive new and successful direction so if you're worried about your career right and you pull this card um, then you can possibly you know walk throughout the rest of your day feeling a little bit more calm that something new and exciting is on the horizon for you okay so that's a great card to pull um, another card and now I'm gonna pull from the mermaid deck because that was the other one so I can show you what that looks like um, we have this card here as you see this card says worthiness and there is a picture of a woman looking pretty miserable uh, underneath the moon and The card says, know that you deserve to receive good in all ways. So this is a healing card, right? So if this card came in, it would be a symbol for you to work on self-worth because maybe you're not receiving what you're meant to receive because you don't feel worthy of it. And if you don't feel worthy of it, you're not gonna get it because remember the universe simply connects to how you feel about yourself. You receive just that. Uh, so it's not really magical. It just is science. But um, if you pull this up, a card like that, which is more of a healing card, it gives you something to work on. Um, so I suggest that using angel cards, you, you know, choose two decks that you like. Okay. You combine them. Like go through them first, combine them. So you have a nice rich deposit of cards to work with. And remember, they're gonna stay this way. You're not gonna pull them apart again. And the more you play with them and the more you use them, maybe then your own intuition will start kicking in, especially when you do readings for others if you wanna do that. But again, I would say in the beginning, clear the cards, set your intention, ask a question in your mind, shuffle the cards, pull three cards, see what they are. Again, you're gonna see that the meanings are directly on them. Uh, There are more difficult spreads available to you like if you know the tarot spreads you can also um use those like the cardinal cross but most times the oops excuse me the card decks and even the tarot deck is going to come with a little book and inside the book it's going to go through each card it's going to go through the meanings of the cards and it's actually going to give you some extra meanings that aren't on the picture So it's good to go through here as well because you can start to get to know the the deeper meanings of these cards that that you do need to interpret. Um, And they also are gonna give you uh, spreads that you can do, basic spreads, and you can follow the instructions in the cards. So I think uh, angel cards, as I said, is a beautiful way to explore divination. Uh, Quick note, I just want to show you this. Um, What I have in my hand is a beautiful selenite wand. And a selenite wand, And selenite in general is uh, really a protecting stone, but it's also a clearing stone. It's actually really great for clearing other crystals. So if you use crystals in healing work or for intuitive work, it's really great to, excuse me, get a selenite wand and place it in the bowl of crystals or even in the case of crystals or around the crystals because it will constantly keep them in a clear state. So you can use them, uh, you know, without fearing that they've been corrupted by other energies. So that's the selenite wand. You guys with me? You're doing good? All right. Uh, Next thing I wanna show you, I wanna pull out of my little bag of tricks. Here is my crystal ball. Okay. So again, if you're watching, you're seeing I'm holding this beautiful uh, quartz crystal ball. It's about the size of, a little bigger than a baseball, but they have really big ones um, available as well. But this is fine for a beginner. Just, you know, about a little size of baseball, maybe a softball is good. And I love this crystal ball because if we look and we turn it and we put it in the light, there's a lot of windows and there's a lot of rainbows and it's just a beautiful piece of crystal. So when I'm choosing a crystal ball or any piece of crystal, I definitely want to use my intuition and ask if it's the right piece for me. And if I feel good about it, I'll buy it. But I'll also inspect it. If there are rainbows and it's clear and I love the patterns within it, I will also purchase this. Now, crystal balls can be very expensive. Uh, one this size could be up to $250. So, you know, I'm going to say it's an investment. Anything bigger, you're going to drop some cash. But if you are into the divination tool of scrying, if you really want to uh, delve into that, I would suggest getting a real crystal ball. There are many fakes out there. You can get glass, um, and glass is going to be very pure. It's gonna You're going to be able to see right through it almost, and that, that would work as well. Honestly, it's just is up to you. Crystal has its own aura. It's like a living rock, so I like to use that. I also have a stand for it. You can get a stand at any 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 store. Most of them probably will come with a stand, so this is what it would look like on a stand, okay, right here. And using a crystal ball is not an easy form of divination, actually. It's, it's pretty intense. Um, it takes a lot of practice, and... To be quite honest with you, you'd have to already be a pretty good clairvoyant in order to receive these messages. But you know, in my intuitive development courses that I teach all the time, I'm constantly blown away by newbies and their abilities. Um, I I work with a lot of people and students who believe they they have no psychic abilities and then they leave after this like intense workshop believing they do because they've proved it to themselves. So you never know until you try, okay, I will say that. If you're attracted to crystal balls, which I've always been since as a kid, I've always wanted a crystal ball. I want one even bigger than this, uh, then it might be for you. Remember, this is a good tip. The divination tool will call to you. Don't call to it. Allow it to appear, right? Allow it to be something that you are honestly uh, connected with and vibrating with, right? You gotta have some good vibes between you and your divination tools. You don't wanna just pick up something because it's there. You know, even, even specific card decks. Sometimes I'm just not connected to some. Others, I'm really connected to. It just depends. You know, I was in New York and I bought this uh, Kabbalah tarot deck that I was really, really drawn to. And I opened it up and I started to try to use it. And it, it's just majorly complicated. It it's, doesn't follow the forms of, re- of tarot. There's no messages on the card. So you really have to study what these individual cards mean. Um, And I just wasn't connected to it. It it just did not connect to me. And so that was a $50 lesson, right? So I would definitely do research before you jump in and and drop a lot of money, uh, especially a crystal ball. But how to use this is, again, you would clear this crystal. You would get it home and you, you would clear it. Now, using a selenite wand is not enough, okay? It's not enough. What you need to do when you get any crystal really is the first, day you have it, you want to put it on your windowsill and you want it to bask in the moonlight. And this is just doing a ritual, right? This is just a moon ritual cleansing the crystal from inside out. Uh, Some people leave it on the windowsill during the day and let the sun kind of hit it. That's another way to do it. And if you did that, I would only suggest it one day because the sun over time will damage your crystals. You don't want to keep them in the sun. It, It will destroy them, but for one day, it'll be okay. Another method of cleansing is to get a bowl of water and put some uh, sea salt in the water, right? Put an intention in the water to clear and cleanse, drop the crystal in the water and have it uh, stay there overnight. The next day, pull it out of the water, put it on the shelf and you're ready to go. Another easy way to do it is to just sage the sucker, right? So get some sage, sage it inside out, place an intention within the crystal that this crystal is being cleared of all negative energies and and being and and having the beneficial energies being placed within so out with the old in with the new kind of thing remember at a crystal store you have a lot of people touching them everyone's touching them there's a lot of energies flowing into these crystals remember they have auras so they are picking up energy so you want to get rid of that before you start using it for your intuitive work and anytime you do use a crystal for intuitive work you're always going to clear it after and place it back you don't want to touch it that much and you don't want other people touching it. If other people touch your crystals, you're going to have to clear it. Okay? You only want your energy to be in them. Remember, they download information. So if someone else touches it, the crystal is actually downloading their energy. You don't want that because it will, it will screw up your reading. Um, two ways to read or to use crystals for divination is to meditate with them. Super simple. Clear the crystal clear your mind, sit in a form, sit in a meditative state or however you like to meditate and you're just going to hold the crystal. Uh, You can hold it in your right hand, your left hand, um, however you want to do it. You can have the crystal on your lap or you can even wear it around your neck if you wish. Um, Of course, not this one, you you know, you don't want to strangle yourself, but uh, smaller crystals you can. And you just meditate and you allow the crystal to do its thing. And maybe you have some beautiful insights during that meditation. And after the meditation, you can write down what you have experienced. Uh, Scrying is the art form, right, of staring into the crystal, connecting your energy with the crystal's energy. And allowing your clairvoyance to begin to open. Now you can have your eyes closed at points. You can go back and forth, right? But in a way, what you're doing is you're softening your gaze so that your uh, third eye can relax and you can go into the inner eye. That's really what you're doing. You're just softening your gaze, okay? And a lot of times people will receive uh, insights and messages this way. Again, sprying is very difficult. It, It definitely takes someone, I believe, who has the mastery of psychic abilities in order to do it, but hey, give it a try. Um, why not? It's fun. It's October. Do something new. Um, so we talked about a pendulum. We talked about crystals, and we talked about our friends, the angel cards. The next we're going to do is another just very popular form, tarot cards. Um, tarot cards are more difficult because most likely the uh messages or meanings of the cards will not be written on them. So you do need to study the meanings and not only the meanings, but how they connect with each other in a spread and what they mean if they're turned upside down. So you really have to study tarot. This isn't something you can just do. You really won't know what you're doing if you don't know the meaning of the cards. So you do need to connect with the meaning of the cards. If you're interested with that, um, I'm offering amazing beginners online downloadable tarot course at benemudra.com uh, with the amazing jennifer Iserlow. so if you'd like to learn more and you're a beginner that's a great course for you you could just sign on and purchase that and you can start your journey um, if you know some tarot and you know enough uh to get going then again you can do the same thing you do with your angel cards you can pull a tarot card a day that's simple uh if you did that then you can go online and read the meaning and there you go it's just an extra step uh or you could do again a three card spread right past now future and do it that way and then use your own intuition to kind of figure out what it might mean for you um there is another way so this deck that i have here is really the beginner beginner's deck and what's nice about it is yes you see that right the message is written on it So not many tarot cards have that. This tarot card is specifically called Tell Me Tarot. You can get it on Amazon or wherever. Um, And this will have the meaning. So we see here, I pulled the moon. And right next to it, it's telling me right away that it means vagueness. And the meaning is you have difficulty seeing reality as it is. It's a time to re-examine the situation as your inner fears aren't realistic. So it's kind of like... You're afraid of the dark. There's no reason to be. You just don't have enough insight or you can't see enough yet. The situation is vague. That's pretty clear. So if you get the Tell Me Tarot cards, it, they fall into the same line as the Angel cards. And you'll begin to learn the cards better by using these because eventually you can go get the card deck. It doesn't have the meanings, but because you used this deck, you'll you'll be pretty ahead of the game. Even with the Tell Me Tarot, though, uh, I will say that it is really important to learn the interpretations of the cards because the cards have many different meanings and they also change the meaning of the the meanings of the cards can change depending on what card they're next to how it's positioned so again uh, tarot is a course of study even with the tell me tarot but the tell me tarot is a good uh, beginners kind of uh, deck that's what I used and, and I like it and actually I've just grown accustomed to those cards and I like the energy and I still use them. You know what I mean? Uh, Tarot is not my strong suit. So hey, if I see the meaning better, you know, better for me. Um, So I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you guys today and I'm so glad that you guys are here and you're listening and I'm helping you hopefully because a lot of my diviners get lost. And again, it's super important and I can't say this enough that you know how to clear yourself and your energy and your tools in order to connect to the Holy Spirit and to the right energy, okay? Because if you don't do that and you're just willy-nilly, you can open yourself up to energies that you really don't want around. Um, And these can be called psychic attachments or psychic attacks. Uh, I don't ever want you to experience that and you never have to if you do this correctly. Um, We're gonna talk about another form of divination now and I'm only going to talk about it because it's it's very known and I don't have one here because it refused to but it's the Ouija board uh, the Ouija board is a message board and basically it's a board with a yes to no on it and letters and all that stuff I'm sure you've seen one um, or have seen that movie Ouija or any horror movie that that is about supernatural usually has a Ouija board and it has a little dial and you sit there and everyone touches the dial and it moves and you know, spells names and everyone gets freaked out even though someone's usually moving it, that type of thing. Uh, Well, guess what, sometimes no one is moving it and something is moving it and if you aren't very clear with who and what you wish to come into the channels, um, again, you're going to open yourself up to negative energy because spirits, especially on the uh, people who might have crossed over, spiritual energy, quote unquote, ghosts, they're people. They're they're people suffering sometimes, and they're trapped somewhere. Where they don't really know where they are. And if your intention is to contact them, and they can see that or understand that in some way, they will walk towards you. Okay. And if you're playing this game, which is intended to do just that, don't you think if some some energy around you, saw you doing that, they're going to step towards you and they might play with you. They might, you know, want to scare you, you know. Uh, So, and you might get freaked out and you're also opening a door to this energy remaining with you so uh again i've had many psychic attacks using Ouija boards in the past and i would never do it again so i don't advise you ever to use that form of divination if you wish to contact people who might have crossed over like past loved ones go see medium and have them do the heavy lifting don't do it yourself trust me you don't want to go down that road okay i could tell you a horror story right now but i won't right next podcast um so that's a Ouija board. Uh, and then finally, I want to talk about uh, this. So, again, if you are listening, I just struck a Tibetan sound bowl. I have bought this bowl in Nepal, um, and it's very special to me. Um, and it's handmade, and it has a beautiful beautiful design on the inside and all around the outside these are made by master artisans Uh, singing bowls and Tibetan healing bowls again if they're real and they're hammered and they're not manufactured they're they're pretty expensive okay even in Nepal I think this was like $250 Um, so you're gonna drop money on them but they're such a beautiful healing tool they're an amazing tool for meditation I'm gonna lead you through meditation using the bowl right now Uh, you can use the bowl to clear spaces and you can use the bowl as a method of divination because the sound and the vibration of the, the bowl itself can possibly open up your psychic awareness. It can put you in a state of trance. And, and although I don't know how many people trancers are out there who can go into trance and contact spirit that way, um, it is possible, but you know, your version of trance might just feel like you're very relaxed and more open to hearing the truth, right? So the meditation today is going to be with the Tibetan singing bowl. So as we go into this meditation just find a nice seat. Um, I can recommend if you're listening to this uh, on your iPhone uh, you know put in your headphones that'd be nice so you can uh, eliminate all outside distractions for yourself and the first thing we want to do uh, before we do any meditation is find a nice seat whether you're sitting in a chair or you're lying down on your couch or on your floor totally meditator's choice it's up to you Um, but you do want to come into a state of mind um, that is empty so you want to empty the mind in order to fill the soul Okay, so let's go ahead and take a deep breath together. Exhale the breath out and down. And just give yourself a few moments to relax the body. Allowing your shoulders to relax. Allowing your back, lower back and hips to relax. Allowing your jaw and the muscles in your face to relax and anywhere in your body that might feel stiff within your mind just ask that area to let go and then maybe send a couple nice deep breaths there so since today's topic was divination which is receiving messages I would like you Think about your life in this moment as you flow into your heart. And I always say, if spirit or your spirit guide or an angel appeared to you and said, Hey, what's up? Got a question? Um, I would ask that question. So allow that in this moment to be the question. What would you ask your guide? What would you ask and have this be about you and your life and your path? So within your heart, set that intention as we connect to the Holy Spirit and all high vibrational spiritual energies. We see our angels in the four corners of the room becoming our spiritual bouncers. Only connecting to these high vibrational energies of good. Ask your question. And feel the question in your heart. Really feel it. Maybe the question brings up some emotions within you. Go ahead and allow yourself to feel them. You're safe. And we ask the divine to be with us. And we ask the divine to deliver you the message. We ask the divine to answer this question in any way that it can so that you may walk forward in freedom and comfort and maybe knowing a little bit more so that you don't have to live in that vagueness of the moon and the sun can begin to rise in your life. And I'm now going to play a series of gongs from the bowl. And your question has been answered. And as you hear the vibrations of the bowl, I just want you to go into the, the nether world, go into your mind, go into that space and wait for the answer and be open to how it will appear to you. moment. Take a deep breath in and release it out. Take note of any answer that you might have received. Maybe you heard a one-word maybe you saw colors, maybe you saw a picture of yourself, Um, divine messages can come through in so many different ways, especially when you are the conduit and you're not using anything. If you didn't receive anything and you kind of were just hanging out in the ether, it's okay because this type of divination is tricky and it does take uh, you connecting to your own uh, extrasensory perception and your own intuitive gifts that we all have. So allow yourself to wiggle your toes your fingers and I want you to come back and as you come back just like we thank the pendulum after giving us an answer we thank ourselves the one true guru and teacher the one that is within our hearts our higher self for the answer we thank the Holy Spirit we thank the divine uh, for the answers that we have received um, and it is always good that when you're done doing intuitive work. Uh, Just a quick clearing exercise is dry brushing. So dry brushing is really simple. Uh, If you uh, just put out your right arm, take your left hand and put it on your right shoulder and just sweep down the right arm. Do that with your left arm, place your left arm straight out, right arm to left shoulder, sweep down the arm and just do that a couple times right back and forth you can either flip your palms up into the air and then do the same motion okay and this just is uh, symbolizing that you are clearing way all energy that you might have picked up that is not your own and so that you can go about your day knowing that you haven't uh, attached to something that you shouldn't have attached to so meditation like we just did was just a one you know one question one answer If you had multiple questions and you were using that form of divination at home, uh, it's a type of thing where you're going to ask the question, go into meditation, come out of it, maybe write down the answers, then go back, ask another question, go into meditation. You know, the process. Don't ask 10 questions at once and go into meditation. It'll be too muddled. Focus on one specific question that you might have, okay? Um, So that's the time that I have today for you guys. So I truly hope that you enjoyed Uh, today's lesson on the art of divination, how to use it, what it is, and learning some about history. Again, it's always really important to learn history about whatever it is you're interested in uh, because the history will have lots of tidbits of information within it that will help you. Um, Again, any questions you might have about divination, please uh, email me. Again, james at benemudra.com. I'll be happy to reply to you. Uh, You can check out my Um, YouTube channel, which is Beni Mudra. I have a whole playlist of the daily intuitive. The daily intuitive is my daily horoscope using my own intuition and numerology, and that is free for you. So sign up for that. You'll receive my daily horoscope. Um, And have fun, diviners. If if there's ever a time to do it, it is October. Cause they just said that October is the month where the veil between our world and their world is the smallest accumulating on All Hallows Eve and Halloween. Um, so have fun. You know, I always say that October is the time for adults to play. Yes, it's a time for children, but it is a time for adults as well. So go into your childlike self, have an amazing time, you know, Enjoy all of the Halloween festivities, dress up. It's, it's, it's a playpen and I want you to play. And divination could be playful, but it is important before you play, you know the game and you know how to keep yourself safe and protected and surrounded by love constantly. So that's how I see each of you today. I see you safe. I see you protected and surrounded by love. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day and I will see you next week. Until then, I'm James Benet, and have a beautiful, blessed day and week ahead. Okay? Ciao. Mm